Welcome to episode number five, numero cinco, of the Truth Is Allowed podcast. My name is Wissam, and I'll be your host, as always. Today's guest is Danny Miranda. He is a writer, podcaster, and most importantly, an optimist. He hosts the Danny Miranda podcast, which only after four months was already ranked in the top 1% in the world with over 20,000 downloads and amazing guests and great conversations. In this episode, we talked about mindset. We talked about goal setting, competition, accountability, how to develop a 10-year vision, and much, much more. Danny even shared an anecdote in which Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, called his mother directly to her phone number. It was crazy. Um, I followed Danny on Twitter back in October of 2020, and since then, I've been able to witness his growth and his evolution, which I'm sure it's only starting. You can find Danny on Twitter as Hey Danny Miranda, or you can go to his website, dannymiranda.com. Before we begin, I just want to let you know that there are some noise issues on my audio. I think my computer was overheating at the time, and I'm still learning how to avoid that and how to edit it post-episode, but I hope it's not a big deal. This episode was so beautiful that I think I said the word beautiful 27 times, and I find Danny as someone who's capable of inspiring many, and I hope that he gets to inspire you in this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Truth Is Allowed podcast, the show where great leaders from all sectors share with us the truth about their happiness and success. Here, you will learn how to shape your mindset and perspective to win in business, relationships, and life. Get ready to hear what you need to hear, because the Truth Is Allowed podcast is about to begin. Danny Miranda, welcome to the Truth Is Allowed podcast, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's amazing. I'm very excited as we were talking before we started recording. Um, and uh, I'm very excited about this episode for two reasons, man. Number one, you're the first guest in the show that I haven't met in person yet. Wow. So, so far I've met, I've interviewed a lot of people that I've known that they're doing amazing stuff, but I'm somehow between like inside my comfort zone. Mm. And then number two, I see you as someone that I relate with hugely, hugely. Like I see you as a young guy who's pursuing some point, th something that you like, that you're open for, for feedback, you're super transparent, and you're almost in that same process of just figuring things out. Tell us a little bit about yourself for, you know, for the people to know you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we could start with, uh, you know, quarantine. Quarantine's a good place to start. I was mm -hmm. really down. I was, I was figuring myself out and I was really hurting inside because I didn't know what, which way I was going to go in the world. I didn't know if I was going to be a personal trainer. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't, I didn't have all this figured out. But mm -hmm. quarantine was really a time for me to focus on myself and focus on trying to get a little bit better every day. And I did mm -hmm. this from working out to reading books to just meditating and, and trying to figure myself out as best I could. So I just started documenting this process little by little by little by little. And what you see today is a result of just 
nine, 10, 11 months working on myself over and over and over again. I also have this podcast where a lot of people know me from Danny Miranda podcast, where I interview top performers and people trying to become the greatest version of themselves. So that's a little bit about myself. I'm sure we'll get into more detail, but yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think the podcast is also a good, good way to, to start as well. Because based on what I've seen in your content, again, you're super open with everything you do and everything you think on, on social media. You started the podcast, the Danny Miranda podcast in September, correct? Yep. And then by December, if I'm not wrong, you had already 10,000 downloads in one single month mm -hmm. and 20,000 20, downloads overall. Now, yep. I don't mention this just for the sake of saying, oh, you had so many downloads, man. You're so cool. You're famous. No. I say it in a way of how you were able to create a huge impact in so many people in only four months. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about before that journey began. So you said, okay, the pandemic started, you started doing things, yeah. taking action, doing motion. How did the idea of the podcast came? How, how was it born? Yeah. So a couple of different ways. The hmm. first one was that I was reading so many books and After I read a book, I was always like, you know, it'd be so cool to talk to this author. It would be so cool to talk to this person. And I was like, yeah, but who would ever talk to me? I'm just a random guy on the internet who read a book. Mm -hmm. Who, like, who cares? Who, who is Danny Miranda? So that was one thing that was always in the back of my head. Like, I would really love to talk to some of these authors, ask them questions, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and so I've actually had the, the opportunity of doing that since starting the podcast. And it's a really trippy experience where you read, read someone's book that changes your life and then you can then ask them questions about it. Crazy to me. Like today I published one with yeah. Gay Hendricks. But mm -hmm. the, the other way that really the podcast came to be was that I sent out tweets all the time over the summer okay. saying, hey, you know, who wants to talk on the phone? And I would have such incredible conversations with people on the phone mm -hmm. that people would say, wow, this was an incredible conversation. I learned so much or, you know, I learned so much just as, as mm -hmm. the person on the phone as well. So it, both of those situations made me realize like, oh my God, I need to start recording. I need to press record. And I said to myself in August, I'm going to put out a hundred episodes. And I also said to people who follow me on Twitter, 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. And from there, I've just, been doing the damn thing and and we're currently you know 50 49 episodes published and 65 recorded so i'm loving every minute of it it's really exciting to me and i just started with that internal goal of 100 episodes and let everything else take care of itself 100 and by the time we're recording this literally a minute before you jumped into the to the call to the podcast i saw that you tweeted that gary v posted a video on youtube with you in it and you, you interviewed you Gary Vee as well recently dude you don't miss a thing that was literally like five seconds ago five minutes ago yeah very I'm cool you, I'm on it I'm on it you yeah are. yeah that's amazing man that's amazing and you know I can see also here that for example when you mentioned that the pandemic began and you started taking all these actions and you said hey these conversations are so awesome that I have to share them with people I can see that your purpose or your first intent was never to gain attention. It was never to, to get off rich off of it. It was just something you enjoyed. And you said, listen, I gotta be generous. Like I gotta share this with people because it's amazing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it just comes from that place of pure intent of, of just realizing that 
listen, people would tell me after the phone call, this was the greatest phone call I've had this year. This, this mm-hmm. helped me so much. And I felt as if it helped me so much. And then I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a shame because if two people are really enjoying something, there's a chance that someone else somewhere is also enjoying it. And that yeah. someone could be you, you know, like, and so it's crazy that that happens. But I was just going on my instinct of like, I want to help people at first. Mm-hmm. And then it just translated into a bigger mission of just helping more and more people. Of course, we'll, we'll get into the topic of, of the power of the internet in terms of meeting people, knowing ideas, and when you kind of like expose yourself to the right content, how much impact it can have in your life. We'll get there soon for sure. Yes. But before, I want to ask you, the cover of your podcast really gained my attention. Mm-hmm. I went through that process of, okay, how can I name my podcast? What could the cover be? Whatever. And the cover of your podcast is a guy standing unbothered, literally super relaxed with his hands in his pockets, looking at a huge mountain, almost like if it wasn't a, a, a challenge big enough. Like, yeah, that's, that's just a mountain. Tell me a little bit the message behind that cover. Yeah. It's crazy because I paid just $5 or $10 for on Fiverr.com where you could find freelance and graphic design. And mm-hmm. I saw someone who had really good covers and I said, oh, I'd love that person to design one of my covers. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were going to come back with, but I mm-hmm. told them the importance of the journey and the importance of, of just challenge. So what I love mm-hmm. about this cover in particular is that it represents the mountain that we face every single day. The mountain we have to look up at, at the mountain that whatever we're trying to face, whatever we're trying to succeed, whatever we're trying to go for, we are facing a mountain every day. And so we can either choose to just sit there, we can choose to climb it, but we have the choice and the mountain is facing us every day, no matter what, no matter what your goal is, no matter what's going on. So it really, signifies to me the importance of just looking up every day and understanding that you start at the beginning of that mountain every day. Mm -hmm. And when you go to sleep at night, you can either climb it, you can either not, but you have to know you gave your best shot at climbing that mountain every day. So that's kind of how I think about it. And it, it relates to my purpose so strongly of the importance Mm -hmm. of the journey. And I'm so happy that you noticed that because that is something that is, is just, it's near and dear to my heart. And it's how I approach everything that I do is looking up at that mountain. hundred percent. I love the idea of you explaining the designer, the message behind it, instead of telling him, Hey, I just want this. I love the idea that you were trying to describe your vision. Did you ever think, or did you ever have that vision of the podcast becoming what it is today in terms of how many people you're, you're supporting and potentially changing lives like you did with mine? Yeah. Um, I, Honestly, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. very early on, I had a feeling that this could be something huge. And I still mm-hmm. believe this is literally just the the beginning of what is going the to 1%. happen. Yeah. Exactly. Like because the reason why I feel that way is because the feedback that I get every single day is so overwhelmingly positive. And mm-hmm. what I love doing the most is having conversations like this which I discovered from having phone calls with random people. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, one, understanding that's a huge passion of mine Two, Mm -hmm. understanding that it's already helping people with the first feedback being incredible. Like it just lets me know that there's levels and that I, I, 
I plan to get there. I plan to be the number one podcast in the world. Like yeah. I have this vision for what I see, the lives impacted, the way this and the reason why I say this is not because of fame, not because of of money, but because I genuinely believe with that platform, with more and more people seeing it, it can yeah. be something that could transform people's lives in an incredible way. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. There's two things I want to I want to touch over there. One is the passion because you mentioned the passion of it. And again, I, I read a little bit about you. You have your website as well. So I did some digging and I could tell that since very young, since eight years old, you were almost like you couldn't stand still. You were always kind of like looking for something. So at eight years old, uh, you wanted to start a blog to kind of like toppled down the New York Times because you were like, no, 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 we got to write our own stuff. Then you started as well a project in which you would interview NBA players and you did it for a couple of years too. You had the chance to go to a live event with uh, Gary Veen, which he called your mother. And I, you can tell the story in a bit, which is, it's insane. It's insane. Um, but again, since very early on, you had that flame over there, that passion of yours. How did you mm -hmm. understood it was a passion of yours? And, and when did you say, you know what, I'm going to go hundred percent on this. So I always knew that there was something inside of me that needed to share, share my story with others. And whether I was doing that with a Knicks blog or doing that with a, a time management blog when I was in, in seventh grade, you know, like I, I had all these yeah. ideas for sharing what I didn't have at that time as a young kid was discipline. And I didn't have the ability mm. to stick with difficult things. And okay. it was only through doing a program like 75 hard, which I don't know if we'll talk about, but it was yeah. only through doing difficult things that I really understood that, oh my God, I am someone who has discipline. I am someone who, who can do difficult things. Like, mm. And what would happen with these projects was I would start it and then it would get hard and then I would quit it. And... Mm -hmm. Then I just, you know, had a transformation in terms of doing difficult things and overcoming the challenge. And then on the other side of that, realizing like, oh, I was capable all along. I was, it's possible for me to do that. So once my commitment became my word, once I could say, you know, this is, I want to record a hundred episodes, then I could do that and actually mm -hmm. say my word and have that word be something that I would follow. So that's kind of, of course how how it's worked for me i don't know if that answered your question exactly no 100 percent. so in other words you kind of like you following your word and your commitments gave you more fuel to say man i have it in me like I, almost like if you respected yourself more exactly that's exactly right right amazing man that's beautiful and and then and for sure i want to talk about uh this project in which you learned how to master discipline but before i also want to ask you how you deal with feedback because yeah you, you talk about feedback a lot, a lot. You ask for feedback in every single episode and mm -hmm. it, there's no secret on how exposed you are as well. Everybody is to negative comments on social media, especially Twitter, man, especially mm -hmm. Twitter. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you, how do you absorb, first of all, positive feedback in a way that you're still true to yourself? Okay. And you don't follow whatever people just want you to do. You still do what you want to do. And number two, how do you, absorb as well the negative feedback that could easily break down someone who's not used to it? It's an incredible question. And the answer to this was solved when I realized that 
to be affected by compliments or criticism is not right to yourself. You, you can take both mm -hmm. of those compliments, take compliments, take criticism, look at them for what they are, take them at face value. Okay, this person's saying this. Okay, they, they think highly of me in this arena. But understanding that neither compliment nor criticism is you. And mm -hmm. when you separate your identity from someone saying, hey, that, that was a great podcast or, hey, that was an awful podcast, it allows you to keep going. I know myself. Mm -hmm. I know I enjoy the conversation. I know that I'm doing this for pure intent, that the reasons are pure and that I am enjoying the process. So if someone says, mm -hmm. hey, your podcast sucked, I'll say to them, thank you for letting me know. Why did it suck? Can you explain that? I want to get better. I want to improve. So mm -hmm. I think it's separating your identity from the compliment or the criticism is really important. And that's how I think about it. Yo, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and one thing I noticed as well about all the content that you put out there is that the, the process is constant. Yes. It's not that after some time or after a certain amount of tweets or books that you read, boom, you, you know everything. And it's yeah. like, okay, that's it. I'm a guru. It's like, no, hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, a, it's a, just a constant, constant process. Um, tell me a little bit about the project in which you learn how to be disciplined. In your yeah. Life. So 75 hard. And I was talking to my mom about this yesterday and she was like, you know, tell people that 75 hard isn't for everyone. And I guess mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start with that because my mom <laughs> said that as a suggestion. And I, I think that's a good yeah. suggestion. So the 75 hard program is 75 days straight of the following activities. One mm -hmm. progress picture a day two workouts, one of them has to be outside, one mm -hmm. gallon of water, 10 pages mm -hmm. of reading, and following a diet of your choosing with no alcohol, no snacking, et cetera, okay. et cetera. So, I mean, it, it seems to me, I, I read it and, and saw that, and I was like, this seems doable. And I think most people would say that, you know, you could do that. Yeah. But what, what makes it hard and what makes it such an incredible program is the consistency mm -hmm. and the process that mm -hmm. it forces you to go through and realize that, yeah, you're excited for this on day one, but how do you feel about it on day 48 when you know the going gets tough and you've been through it? So it really taught me discipline, it taught me consistency. And overall, I thought I was going to be happier mm -hmm. when it was over on day 76 when I completed it all, but then I realized mm -hmm. life was actually better on the program because the process is the reward and that that's kind of the the way that I've be, mm -hmm. become more disciplined in my own life and and the the keystone for me in turning mm -hmm. myself around my mind around of course. for sure. And then just to provide a bit of context as well to our listeners, how old were you when you started this this program or challenge? Yeah, I was uh, twenty four years old, I believe. Okay, how old are you now? Sorry, and I'm twenty five now. There you go. So a year ago. Okay. Yeah, Beautiful. it was a, Beautiful. It was a, it was a year, it was September, 2019. So I just turned 24. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, it's, uh, this, this transformation all has happened mm -hmm. for me in the past year and a half, you know, so okay. not, not that long. And that's mm -hmm. why it's like, I don't want to come across as, as anyone who's figured it out. I definitely haven't figured mm -hmm. out life. Like there's a lot for me to learn and I'm excited to learn it and share that process through the podcast, through tweets, through blog posts, through videos, like 
that that's what it's all about for me. And if I could share that and it could help one person or I could share mm-hmm. what I'm going through and someone else can correct me, that would that is so beneficial to me. Of course. Okay, I'll share here something personal that I, I've been wanting to ask you as well, is which is in this process of mine, um, again, in the process of self-growth, personal growth, constant absorption of content online, books, etc., trying to figure out what you like, what you don't like, etc. Sometimes I've suffered with a with burnout. And when I say burnout, I don't mean that I'm working 20 hours a day. I mean that I'm actually thinking 20 hours a day. What should I do? What do I like? What do I don't like? Am I am I stalling? Am I stalking? Like what should I do? How did did you ever come across with this feeling on on hey, maybe I'm going too fast? Should I relax or did you ever feel saturated of content up to the point that you burned out? And if you did, how did you how did you deal it? Yeah, so I definitely felt this way when mm. in 2018 to 2000, early 2019, <clears throat> I, what I did was I posted on Twitter about e-commerce related content. And mm-hmm. when I did this, I burnt out totally because the reason why I burnt out was because who I was presenting myself to be online was not who I truly was at my core. And I had not mm. spent enough time listening to myself. I, for me, listening to myself means meditating. And okay. I had not really spent any time doing that, so I didn't know myself. I was just looking at other accounts and tweeting what they would tweet in a different way. You know, I was looking at other accounts and, and trying to be them in a way. And so mm-hmm. I was able to, I, I stepped away from that process in, in March or April sometime in 2019, and I stopped tweeting altogether. I stopped putting out content at all. And then I came back to it after I started listening to myself, after I'd had that period of growth, after I became disciplined, after, so I worked on myself. And so I don't know if that's the answer for anyone, everyone experiencing burnout is just like step away from it or I don't, I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that worked for me, that once I started to feel that burnout, I then started listening to myself, meditating Mm -hmm. consistently, started learning about myself more and that helped me, uh, come back to that place of, of just knowing myself better so that I could better provide content for people in, in, on Twitter, on a podcast, etc. Okay. That's, that's, that's beautiful, man. That's very powerful. He, he, here's another one as well. And you mentioned meditation mm. a lot. Okay. Yes. In this process of knowing yourself, okay. When, or how did you manage the idea of, okay, I'm okay with being this person versus actually I'm okay being this person, but there's certain things that I actually want to build within myself or change as well. Mm. Okay. So was there any point in time that you said, listen, I'm okay with this trade of myself, but this habit over here, I really have to change. How did you balance that? What things you figured out and, and changed? Yeah. So what you are referring to is, is just the idea that when you are improving yourself, some see some people look at improvement as a way to, you know, cover up things that are, are going on in their own life. But mm-hmm. when you come at improvement from the perspective of understanding that you are whole as you are, and yes, you have flaws about you. Yes, you, there are things you'd like to change, but you're coming mm-hmm. at it from the place of, listen, like I'm happy where, with who I am. I then I think that's a lot healthier of an approach. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, 
what I did was I just, I meditated and I meditated and meditated for longer periods of time, yeah. which, uh, which when I did that, it, it forced me to go inward. It forced me to think about things that situations in the past that I couldn't take back. But once I identified, there were situations, my man, where that were in high school, in, you know, when I was younger, where I treated someone wrong or someone treated me wrong. And I was able to identify those situations. Mm -hmm. And I was able to then forgive that person or forgive myself for what I did or what was done to me. And that was so huge because that unlocked me and that gave me more energy. And that allowed me to like, we're all holding on to things, right? And once mm-hmm. you can identify those things that we're holding on to, then we can be free from that situation. So that's what happened for me at least. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how I think about what you're talking about. That, that, that's amazing, man. Do you think that uh, what you're describing was that click that, that gave you self-awareness? You talk about self-awareness a lot. And, and I think I agree with when you say that once you become self-aware, you can't go back yeah like you you can't go back to being unself-aware once you're self-aware yep. it's like you're awake the matrix you know what i mean yeah um what what, what you're describing was that your self-awareness kind of like coming to you 100 percent. i think that when whenever you spend time listening to yourself whether that be in the shower or just when you're like at a red light and you're just listening to how your body is reacting and or you're mm-hmm. sitting down for a meditation session whenever you're doing that you're automatically going to just have more awareness and you're going to then realize like, oh, wow, like I'm getting agitated when I'm at this red light, like when I never was before. Like, oh, wow, this is this is interesting. And so I when you come at life with that increased self-awareness, it just allows you to like just feel better and feel more free and feel with more energy. So, yeah. Of course, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. I want to ask you now a little bit about your day to day, all right? Yeah. You, you, when when you mention all these goals, all these challenges, all these projects you're you're jumping into, I'm assuming you're super or highly efficient during your day as well. How do you break down your goals, all right? Number one, and then number two, how do you break down your day as well? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. So. What I don't I know do, if these questions are, are too packed. I don't know if I should break no, them down no, a little bit. <laughs> you're good, man. You're good. So we'll start with the day, right? So what I do mm-hmm. every night is I have this, this to-do list online and I put out the things that I want to accomplish for the next day. So today, let's see what it was for today. Can I, can I see? Let's Go see. for it. Yeah. Go for so, it, go for it. yeah, what I do is just like create a little to-do list every night. And okay. that way, I, and that helps me for some reason just sleep on like what is going to get done. And yeah. so today I have like 60-minute meditation, upload five podcasts to YouTube, upload this podcast to YouTube. Um, then I have different things like a, an interview that I was supposed to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I have my writing that I'm supposed to do, then I have this interview. So I create a little yeah. plan for myself and before the start of every day. That's kind of like how I yeah. think about the day-to-day. For yeah. the macro, I do something called uh, an annual review and I just did that so it's fresh in my head where 
it's mm-hmm. it's done by Steve Schlafman. And if I don't know when you're recording this, but regardless mm-hmm. of whether you know you're listening to this in in July or any time really, you should mm-hmm. check out annualreview.life is the okay. the domain name by Steve Schlafman. And I just went through this. And you basically, yes, a bunch of different in-depth questions. And I think this mm-hmm. is really helpful to get a macro plan for, for life. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the two resources I use. Of course. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, but the fact that, for example, you didn't remember right now on top of your head what your to-do list was for the day, it's actually huge. It's, it's very beneficial because yeah. you're, it's almost like you didn't have a mental burden of oh man, I got to do this, I got to do this, whatever. You are relying on a system in which you just wake up and boom, that's it. You did this yourself last night. You know what to do. You're not saturating yourself with ideas and, and things to do on a regular basis. Does that make sense? You know, that's a great point and I never uh, considered that. But once you upload your brain into another place and once you just you know, put everything that's on your mind in a place, you're, you're no longer thinking about it and you can refer back to it a million times mm-hmm. throughout the day, but you don't need to be thinking, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z. You can be fully immersed in every moment when you have just put your to-do list or put your brain and it works for writing the same way. So yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. point. And, uh, and thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, no, man, for sure. For sure. And when you when you talk about patience, there's one tweet that that you tweeted once, which was if you if you now I think it was like if you know where you're gonna be in ten years, it's easier to be patient. Yep. Right? How do you deal with that long term perspective? How do you build it? How do you how do you actually how do you say, you know what, this is the right path where I wanna be in ten years? Mm. It's looking at what do you enjoy doing on the day to day? Do you enjoy talking to people on the phone? Okay, well, then how do we turn that into a vision? Do you enjoy writing? Okay, well, how do you what is what is writing for 10 years look like? Does that mean a best selling book? Does that mean for if you enjoy talking to people? Does that mean, you know, having a number one podcast in the world? Okay, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I think when we start with the end in mind, that's where we get into trouble. I, and I've done this in the past. I want mm-hmm. to, let's say, be on SportsCenter. Why do I want to be on SportsCenter? Because it's cool. Okay, well, why is it cool? Because someone else thinks it's cool. Okay, that's a problem. Like, we, when, when we are thinking about the end destination first, that can sometimes, not always, but that can sometimes make us feel like we're only doing things for someone else, and that's when we can potentially experience burnout, right? So... That's, um, I think it's important to start with what daily action do you enjoy doing? And then how can you scale that daily action out to help more people and do that thing larger and bigger? And that's how I think about a 10 year vision. And that's how I'm so comfortable being patient because I know I enjoy conversing with people. You know, I know I enjoy writing. So I know where those things lead if I continue to go down that path. Of course, it's almost like if your long-term vision was a side effect of doing what you love every day. That's exactly right. Practically, right? Okay, that's beautiful, man. And it's interesting because Gary, Gary Vee, um, he, he talks a lot about how people do things based on the opinions of others. And yep. I've been a victim of that. I think when we try to consciously think about 
um, the things that we do because of others, we think about the, the easy stuff, which is, oh, how am I going to dress? What shoes am I going to wear? Where, what am I going to study? But there's underlying things that we actually, we actually don't notice, which you described, which could be your career, which could be which city are you going to live in, which could be your partner, like mm -hmm. huge decisions that are motored by the opinions of others instead of what you like or, or your own. And that's why I'm so big on meditating, my man, because when you meditate, mm -hmm. Gary V has, God bless him, he's basically come out of the womb with incredible self-awareness. But, yeah. you know, 99% of people aren't like that. And Gary V hasn't meditated. I don't think Gary V needs to meditate. But the point is that 99% of people aren't blessed with Gary V's incredible self-awareness. So mm -hmm. what is the hack that gets you to an increased level of self-awareness so that you stop doing things for the opinions of others and start doing mm -hmm. them for yourself? The answer is mm -hmm. meditation. And that's why I'm so big on it because nothing I could tell anyone in this podcast can supersede what that person is thinking themselves about themselves. So a hundred percent. So when you describe meditation, um, I, I, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I'm slowly getting into meditation. I understand <laughs> there's different branches. Okay. Yeah. And like Naval said, like if, if it was easy, you know, no, like everybody would meditate. It's, it's difficult yeah. to meditate. But For sure. what is your meditation process? Do you extract yourself from your thoughts and then you oversee them and, and you kind of like identify them or you try to keep your, your mind in blank? Yeah. So what I currently do is 60 minutes in the morning of just letting myself go, letting the thoughts run. And mm. this has been really beneficial, like we were talking about before, to help me identify some of the things. But I started mm. by just doing 20 minutes in the morning and I hated it, man. Like it was really difficult for me to do this. 20 minutes every day was just like, do I have to do this? Why am I doing this? This doesn't even make sense. You yes. know, like, and I was like, like, what is the point? It was kind of like forcing someone to go to the gym and being like, you have to go to the gym and, and then being like, what's yeah. the point? Like, I don't see muscles. Like, and of course yeah, you're just starting. So, so what I did was 20 minutes in the morning, every day mm -hmm. have a kitchen timer not a phone so i didn't look at my phone and yeah it's a that's a little mm -hmm. hack there for someone and okay. you take the kitchen timer put 20 minutes on it and put a blanket over yourself like to make it a comfortable process on a couch or on the floor mm -hmm. and just sit there and when your attention drifts away from the breath or nothingness that's where i want you to focus the breath or nothingness then Note it. Note when the, the thoughts go away from that. And once you note it, then just come back and give yourself some love for going and, and re realizing that you went away from the breath or nothingness. So that's kind of the process that has worked for me and, and yeah. helped me gain awareness. That's very interesting, man. So you, you make it enjoyable. You try mm -hmm. to make it enjoyable. Yes. And then you reward yourself as well, which is interesting. How, yeah. Right. Like when you when you say, you know, treat yourself nicely because you what you've done. What do you think moves inside your brain when you reward yourself for doing something that was difficult? I think rewards are such an important part of doing difficult mm -hmm. things. If you can't find some sort of reward, you should create one for any habit you're trying to build. I'll give mm -hmm. you an example was when I started taking cold showers for the first time. I took a five minute cold shower and then I immediately 
made the water really warm after. So mm-hmm. it gave me the, the realization. It gave my brain an understanding that, okay, it was cold at one point, but it's going to be warm at another point, and that's the reward for doing it. So that's kind of how I think about it. There you go. It would be almost like doing that hike of that mountain that you have as the cover of your podcast. And then once you're up there looking at the view, it's like, okay. Yes, that's exactly that's, right. That's the prize, right? Yes. Amazing, man. Um, and you, when you mentioned that you don't have your phone close to you when you're practicing the meditation, obviously, we know that phones are literally a gateway to so many distractions. Do you do this hack in other activities as well during your day to day? You yeah. keep your phone away, your notifications away? Yes, absolutely. No notifications on my phone and also just in a separate room. I think mm-hmm. when our phones are within three seconds of us, like our IQ goes down X number, like they've done studies that are crazy. And so mm-hmm. when I'm having conversations for the podcast, my phone is always in a different room. Like I have no idea where my phone is at this moment. And, and that's not to say like, oh, if your phone's closer to you, like, you know, that's the worst thing in the world, but it just goes mm-hmm. to show like, okay, if I can, if I can make as many, if I can help myself as much as possible, that's a good thing. So like, yeah, I put my phone always in a different room when I'm writing, yeah. when I'm meditating and I don't have it in my bedroom at all. So that when I'm sleeping, my blue light isn't, isn't mm-hmm. my brain isn't thinking, oh, I'm supposed to go on, on the phone right now when I'm actually sleeping. So that's kind of yeah. what I do. Of course. And Danny, how do you limit yourself when you are constantly online putting out content and you're pressing on different social media platforms that almost rely on, on distractions? How do you yep. deal with that? It's such a good question and it's such a struggle for me. And I, I go back and forth in, in thinking and understanding that, wow, like this social media platform has given me so much Twitter. It, it's like given me friends. It's given me connections. It's helped me grow. It's helped me learn and all this stuff. And then I understand also that if I spend too much time on it, my, my brain starts to feel the effects of it. So what mm-hmm. I do is I, I schedule tweets. That's one hack that I have is that I mm-hmm. schedule a bunch of tweets and that is a way for me to give myself time so that I can be away from the platform and still producing content that I produced at one time. So that's one of the ways that I, I do that. Yes, yes. Now, this, this gets, gets us into a more uh, deep conversation, which you've had already. And a lot of these amazing people that we mentioned at, at the beginning of the podcast also encourage which is the power of, of the internet, the power of leverage, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the internet going? Where do you see this project of yours, which is your passion as well, heading in the future in terms of uh, scalability? Like how many people you think could be connected into the internet? How, what things could just happen and be created out of the internet? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like the internet is the most absurd thing ever. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that everyone realizes that yet, you know, Mm -hmm. it's definitely the craziest thing that's happened in my lifetime since 1995 to 2021. It's like, it's definitely the craziest thing. What I see happening for the internet is just more connectivity faster. And I have no idea what that's going to look like. I have no idea, you know, how that's going to be 
be you know created but i'm mm-hmm. just really confident that the world is is going to see we are closer and we are more one today than we yeah. have ever been in the past as a society yeah. as as people like people are closer together which yeah. means that there's going to be more ability for people who are different to stand out in a way so like you know you're different you started this podcast like I'm different. I started my own podcast, but it's not the same podcast, but it's yeah. uh it's a way for for people to to just show their differences in a way. So, I think it's really yeah. exciting opportunity and yeah. It's beautiful, man. Danny, allow me to ask you, where are you from? Like where are you living right now? New York. New York. So, just to put again more context in you in what you're describing. I am Venezuelan. I'm 24 years old. And I'm talking to a guy, 25 year old in New York through video. If I Crazy. told that to my mother five years ago, she would have killed me. She's like, <laughs> she would have told me, what are you going to talk to who through video? What are you crazy? No, shut that camera off. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's just the, the, the power of perspective and, and the power of using as well. I think the internet correctly Absolutely. As, as, a, as, as just a, a, a platform to expose and, and do what you like and your passion as well. Yeah, and it's also really interesting because I think about this analogy a lot where, you know, if the same thing where, I don't know, do you guys have Uber over there? Yes, I'm currently in Vancouver, okay. so we have, we have Uber, everything, yeah. Yeah, cool. So it's like if you told someone 30 years ago that you were going to go in to get into a stranger's car and they were going to deliver you to a new location, they'd be like, what is wrong with you? Uber, yes. like, and that is Uber's today. That's the, the business model that they run on, just strangers getting into other strangers' cars. So, yeah, it's really crazy how far we've come and how far we are going to go as well. Yes, man, that's that's a good analogy as well. And if you go farther to Uber Eats, it's even worse. <laughs> like a stranger bringing you a burger, get out of here. Call yeah. the police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, following up on, on this topic as well, man, um, when when – when we talk about the power of relationships and connections as well, we're also changing as well the stigma of, hey, don't talk to strangers, be careful with strangers, etc., etc. Obviously, you know, you have to be careful. There's awful things happening in the world yeah. uh, made by stranger people, strange people. Mm-hmm. But again, that perspective is also shifting into a way of, hey, how can we support each other in pursuing our passion and, and what we love? Tell me a little bit about which people you've met along the way that have not all, not only given you the right tools and resources to know yourself, to try to figure things out, to find your passion, etc., but also to lend you a hand and say, hey, man, let's do this together. Like, I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah. So one of them that I, I can't go on any podcast without talking about is Tej Dosa. And Tej okay. is is uh at comedic bisman on twitter and he is uh the first person i interviewed on my podcast because Mm -hmm. he when i was doing that 75 hard program that i talked about he was my accountability buddy he did it with me and that relationship and friendship that we formed is so close to my heart even though i've never met the man we spend hours on the phone together those hours on the phone together have turned into podcast episodes and uh, mm-hmm. you know but there's been hours before then obviously so it Tej Dosa is, is a huge one for me but i mean 
anyone who's come on my podcast, anyone who, who, you know, I've been on their podcast, they're a friend to me and it's crazy to me. There's too many people to name truly. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's just all uh, from me talking to strangers on the internet, all me just putting myself out there and that's how it all happened. And so yeah. I think we underestimate what we can do when we just put ourselves out there and, and what can happen, the serendipity that can occur. Of course, man. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Listen, I have a soccer background. I used to play soccer in Venezuela. And I, I talked about this in previous episodes. Soccer, the soccer environment is a difficult one because you're dealing with different people. You don't know. Everybody has their own objective. But at the same time, you're in a team. So mm -hmm. it's very difficult to handle so many egos and careers at the same time. A product of that is just raw competitiveness, rough. You gotta be competitive. You 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 gotta be a tiger. You gotta win. It's it's almost unhealthy at some point, but at the same time, I do believe that competitiveness, if it's channeled the right way, can accomplish great things. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on competitiveness, and how do you avoid competing competing against other people that truly you shouldn't be competing against at all? The way I think about competition, at least in terms of creating content on the internet is that nobody can beat me at being me and I'm in competition only with myself. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, also trying to learn from people who are currently the greats in their field, right? So in my mm -hmm. field, rather let's say like Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss, people who ask incredible questions who are incredible conversationalists. So mm -hmm. I'm not comparing myself to them, but I'm comparing myself to myself on September 23rd when I started oh my God, this is so much better of an episode. Oh my, I learned so much about how to do this and that. Mm. So I think about competition from the sense of just, can I be better than me? And if so, then let's go. And also how I feel about it is like, I'm going to dominate everyone. Like oh, having that mm. as well, you know, that, that yeah. sense of like, listen, like I'm just going to be number one in the world. Like I'm sorry. Like, that's it. Like you can have number yeah. two, but, but that idea of like, I just, yeah. I want to win. So I think yeah. it's holding that those two things together, like you were talking about in soccer and is really important because listen, you want to be competing against yourself, but you also want to be all you can be and, and how you can mm -hmm. be all you can be is to use other people as accountability in the sense of other people try to try to improve on what they're doing try to mm -hmm. look at them and say okay i could do that too so like you're doing with this podcast like you're mm -hmm. you know you're growing and learning and and you'll learn things about yourself that you didn't even knew know about yourself getting started so yeah i mean yeah. it's uh it's a never-ending process yo your answer was so philosophical in a way that it just blows my mind because you're saying number one you're competing to death against yourself yes. like no shame on that 100% all in versus yourself. But then you're saying you use other people, not as comparisons, but as accountability. Yes. As accountability. You know, Mark Cuban, when he says that he starts a business, whatever, or Elon Musk, all these great business leaders, they say someone else might be working more than you. At the end, it's just a matter of compound, right? So when you say use those people that might be working harder than you as accountability trackers, is super powerful because it's like, okay, I'm not competing in a one-one uh, way against them. I'm competing against myself. 
but I can use that as a measurement of my accountability in terms of how hard I'm working. Exactly. And that's exactly why I put out three podcasts a week. Because yeah. I say to myself, who in their right mind is going to put out three podcasts a week? I don't see anyone doing that. I see Tim Ferriss no doing that. I see Joe yeah. Rogan doing that. I see Chris Williamson doing that. You know, like yeah. there's a few guys who I really respect who are doing that. And I say to myself, mm. okay, if I really want to get better at the craft, if I want to be the greatest of all time, what do I need to do? Mm. You know, three podcasts a week. So let's, let's do it. You know, let's go. And so, yeah, that, that's how I think about it. It's great. That's beautiful, man. So the way you describe everything you do, it seems that you go all in 100% in that single focus. Yep. Um, talk to me a little bit about that in terms of your, your life projects, because I'm sure you have another many, many goals and objectives. How do you filter them so you can be 100% focused on one thing and then guarantee that success that comes almost like a, con a natural consequence? Yeah, I also think it's really important to give yourself compassion when you know like i have so many goals and my visions are so wide and you know mm -hmm. when you have that you have to give yourself compassion for example i said to myself i was going to write two posts a week for a year and i haven't been exact on the way that i wanted to do that monday and yeah. thursday i haven't been but the reason why is because i started loving podcasting and i started loving going deep on that so i found mm -hmm. It's not like I'm not writing anymore, but I also realized that, wow, I really enjoy this. And also people really enjoy me doing this. So mm -hmm. it would make a lot of sense for me to keep doing this and, and keep going hard on that. So yeah, when you say that about, about, uh, just like having, how do you manage all these visions and, you know, like, I yeah. think compassion plays a huge role in that and just understanding yeah. that, listen, like your, your passion today might be different than it is at you at 29 and yeah you know you you shouldn't just stick to it because you know you you think that's what you should be doing it's kind of how i think about it 100 percent, 100 percent. it's it's almost allowing you to be yourself and change your mind if you want to and follow something else exactly which which is interesting as well because i think nowadays when you it's just interesting that the ripple effect that the wrong mindset could could lead to because if you were to say i have to commit to this no matter what even if i change my mind later on you could fall into traps that can literally affect your perception of yourself mm -hmm. as well absolutely like, i saw a post today of conor mcgregor um search it up on instagram he's hilarious by the way he puts this post out of himself on the ring okay face to face with himself as well in two different wow. times of his life Okay, wow. before the MMA fights, you know, they come together, they say, they kind of like shake hands, whatever. And he mm -hmm. was two photos of himself. And he said in the caption, I would destroy these two guys. Like he would destroy <laughs> himself twice. That's how Which I, I found hilarious. I was like, you know, before I could have said, you know what, these guys just a lunatic, whatever. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, an example of what he's competitive mindset versus himself yes allows him to be and and who accomplish all these things he has accomplished as well 100 percent. and connor is just someone i look up to and love the way that he he operates and and the way that he goes about his business there's one quote that i have from him that i, I posted up on my wall um mm -hmm. that I, I would look at my man for every day for months starting probably in august mm -hmm. 
was just isolation, motivation, visualization, you know, no outsiders and all caps. And I was just like, you know, there's something to that. Like Connor, and he tweeted this in 2013, mind you, where he was no one, yeah. like he was not the yeah. Connor McGregor that we know today, but he was in his mind and someone, himself, yeah, exactly. And so hopefully someone in seven years will be looking at this conversation that we're having and be like, that was Wasim, yeah. that was Danny. Oh my God. Yeah. But they knew the whole time what they were going to be. I just didn't know. And so, yeah, that I love Connor. I could talk about him forever. Yeah, no, dude, it's, it's a, it's a, here's the beauty of this as well. We don't have to go too far. Okay. And, and, and think about all these great leaders are, are, you know, incredibly famous. It's very hard to get to them because there's so many people around them that want to get their attention. You know, people like you, and I'm sure people around you as well in your circle also can display those traits. And since they're not, let's say, I don't know, famous or I don't mm -hmm. know, six or, or successful, whatever the measurement of success for them is, they're already that person. It's almost like they yep. are already the person they want to become. And one of the things that I think I'm blessed at is I can identify talent well. And mm -hmm. I say that because in 2009, I wrote a post about Gary Vaynerchuk when 99% of the world had no idea who Gary Vaynerchuk was. And I was 13. Okay. You know, I've done this multiple times with other people where I've said to myself, you know what? That person is talented. That person is going to be someone. And they actually have turned out to be yeah. quote unquote more successful. And so if you can identify talent, if you have yeah. an eye for people who are able to rise, well, that's a huge, huge benefit yeah. because then you can say, okay, this person is Conor McGregor, but the world doesn't know he's Conor McGregor yet. Ooh. This person is Joe Rogan, but the world doesn't know it. And that gives you an incredible power. And I, yeah. I feel blessed to have that power because I didn't do anything to do it, but I, I just know I have it in me where I can look yeah. at someone and be like, that, that someone is, is going to be huge. I, w for example, my friend Nate Schmidt, right? He mm -hmm. had like 3,000 followers on Twitter. And I was just like, this dude, I know this dude's got it. Like, you know, the way he writes, the way he, he operates, he's going to be huge. And fast forward two years later, he's got like 30,000 followers on Twitter and he's got 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. Point being like, mm -hmm. there's just people that got it. And when you yeah. can identify those people that got it, you're looking into the future and you can see it before everyone else. Yo, so powerful, so powerful. And again, I think that mindset that you're describing is a product of getting to know yourself and meditation as well. I think that one of the biggest struggles that we have nowadays in modern society, and this applies to everything, man, politics, especially politics, family, uh, business, etc., is that we're mentally lazy. We're mentally lazy. We, it's, it's way easier for us to say, that's impossible, that guy's a douchebag, oh, he's a rich kid, whatever, than, than actually trying to understand all the layers behind someone and, and, and that are required to get there as well. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah tell it. me. No, I was just going to say, and also on that point is like, there's no... There's no competition for the, the biggest goals. And, mm -hmm. you know, people are scared to say to themselves, I want to be the number one podcast in the world. People are scared to say, I want to be famous. I want people to listen to my music. I want people, I want to be playing in the FIFA World Cup, right? People are scared to say that because what happens when, you know, 
you don't do that. Right. And they're scared that to put in the work as well. Like, you know, if I, if I make this commitment, that means that I need to be training every day at 5am. Okay. Well, most people aren't willing to do that, but if you, if you can say to yourself that, okay, I want the big goal. I want to tell like the world knows this is my goal. I'm number one podcast in the world. I've said mm -hmm. it a million times now. So yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll see in 10 years. Did I put in that work? Did I not? Like I am making the world my accountability because yeah. I am now if I don't do it, I'm going to look stupid. So yeah. that's kind of how, uh -huh. how I think about big goals and, and setting your, your height at the stars and your, your eyes at the stars rather. For sure. No, it's a beautiful way to put it as well, my man. And when you describe this competition slash accountability with the public as well, like your competition versus yourself and the accountability with the public and other, other people around you, do you feel almost like you are taking off so much weight when you say, I'm not competing against Joe Rogan, I'm not competing against Tim Ferriss, I'm not competing against anyone other than myself. Do you feel it becomes almost like more, I don't know, enjoyable? It makes you, it makes you wonder like, okay, what can I truly, truly accomplish when I'm competing against myself? It's just the truth, man. You know, like, I, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Like I genuinely feel like your podcast success will help my podcast success. Even if I wasn't on your podcast, you know, yeah. the, the point is that like a rising tide brings all ships up. And so mm -hmm. it's like, I don't feel as if any podcast is competition for me. And I, I don't, yeah. I don't view that like in my heart, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I just want your success so badly. I want you to, to dominate if that's your goal. I want, you know, like, yeah. And you will like, that's the thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I kind of just, I, I know in my heart that I'm only competing with me and that gives mm -hmm. me the, the freedom to just go and do my thing. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Listen, uh, Danny, since you mentioned Gary V, okay. And the post that you had, you, you posted about him a while ago, tell us that story. Tell us the story about when Gary V literally called your mom like full detail, full disclosure, yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the story starts in 2009 where I have this, this productivity time management blog and I was 13 at the time and I wrote a post about Gary V and I said, you know, I had this thousand word post and, and Gary V comments on the post and I thought that was super cool. So I've been following his journey for a while. Then in mm -hmm. 2011, fast forward a couple of years, this time I was writing a different blog. I was writing a Nick's blog and mm -hmm. I was communicating back and forth with Gary on Twitter. I had a, a bunch of different interactions with him and this mm -hmm. was around the time that he responded to everyone. It seemed like, yeah. I don't know if he got to every message, but it felt like he was responding to everyone. And so yeah. what happened was his second book, the thank you economy was coming mm -hmm. out and he was having a book signing for it. And I was a huge fan of Gary Vee, obviously wanted to go to his book signing. And he, I, I was having the problem that he, I couldn't go to his book signing because I was in 10th grade at the time, 15 years wow. old. And, <laughs> and my, my mom wouldn't let me go on a school night. It was like on a Tuesday night or something. <laughs> and so, so I was having this problem. And then what happened was I tweeted to Gary, Hey Gary, I'm having this issue. Can't go to the book signing. Sorry. And he responds, what's her number? And no I was, way. I was like, this is her number, you know, and he, he calls her on the spot. 
He's like, he leaves her a voicemail. My mom didn't pick up. And that that's it. That's how it happened. And then I ended up going to the book signing, you know, later that week. And just, it was the craziest experience for me. And as a young kid, it made such an impression that doing the right thing is always the right thing. And he did mm. not expect me to like have a podcast where I was going to, you know, interview him something. He didn't expect to get any recognition for that is my point. Yeah. And as a result, he's gotten so much recognition from that, you know, on the, the podcast. And I've, you know, told that story a million times in person to my college yeah. friends. And it's like, he is truly in his heart, a good dude. And that yeah. phone call proved it from my perspective. For sure. And also you as well, man, it's, it's, it's the, it's almost the equivalent to the story of this small kid, 13 years old, whatever, that took a photo with Messi or with Ronaldo. Exactly. Right? And then 10 years later, they're teammates. I just got chills. Yeah. Literally, that's exactly man. how I feel, man. That's exactly Literally. how I feel. Like I'm playing on, on that ball field right now with Gary Vee. And even though I'm nowhere at his level, like maybe I'm just, I'm starting, I'm at the club level and I'm going to get to the, the national mm -hmm. level. But like, I feel that man. And I feel that in my heart, like I'm finally on the same ball field mm -hmm. as some of my heroes. And, yes. and that is a beautiful picture that you just talked about it. And it's what I'll think, be thinking about for a long time. For sure, brother. For sure. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. Listen, I got a couple more questions for you. Uh, that uh, again resemble a little bit with just perspective and and the way things happen almost okay mm -hmm. so in this ongoing process of growth of learning of discovery that 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 you're in okay i feel that sometimes when we're happy and we truly believe in it and for whatever reason everything's aligned we see things very clearly we understand where to go we know what to do right what happens or how do you deal with when sometimes actually things don't happen as you expected, all right? And all of a sudden that vision doesn't change, but it blurs. It does mm. blur. Sometimes I feel either by whatever external event, family-related, business-related, even yourself, whatever it could be, how do you deal with those hardships that could momentarily blur your vision and, and your drive? Yeah, I, it's an incredible question. And I think it comes down to focusing on the day. And mm -hmm. when we get, we get caught up in the huge vision, we're getting caught up in something years down the line. And the vision can be helpful to center us if we're on the path if, to keep us mm -hmm. going. But like you said, if it blurs, then I think what we need to do is focus on today. And if you're, okay. and if today is, is bad for you, what can you do tomorrow? What, when you wake up from the time you go to sleep, what would make tomorrow a perfect day that would get you going? And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a crazy thing, right? Like it could literally just be, okay, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. Okay. I'm going to mm -hmm. you know, work out today. Okay. I'm going to do these things that I know are going to help me feel good. And so when the vision gets blurry, let's focus back mm -hmm. on the day. Let's focus on the mm -hmm. micro. Let's focus on what we can control in this moment to help us for the long term, because that's what the mountain represents. The mountain represents, if you look at that mountain too long, you're going to, you're going to start getting scared. You're going to be like, I don't want to climb that. That looks huge. Yeah. So just one step at a time. Can you take that first step? Yes. Okay. Keep going. So that one step is that day. Can you focus on that day or the next day is how I would think about it. Beautiful, man. 
Beautiful, beautiful, amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's literally about perspective. When you say, what could I do to make tomorrow a perfect day and just doing it? It's just as simple as that. Maybe those feelings will still linger, but the aftermath will be there. The unconscious mm -hmm. is looking, is absorbing what you're doing. And ultimately, it's almost like that uh, story of making your bed mm -hmm. as soon as you wake up, right? As soon as you make your bed, even if, if the day was not as you thought when you come back, there's your bed already. Exactly. Made. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's um, just like then, one little thing that could help you on the right foot. And one little action that if you yeah. take makes your night better. So I think getting the ball rolling with an easy task is actually a really mm -hmm. helpful strategy. It's like if you can just do a little thing, that little thing can help you build momentum to do a bigger yeah. thing. Listen, I know I know I said two more questions, but actually two more questions popped out of my mind. Let's go. Um, how do you deal with uh, being out of your comfort zone? It's so cliche nowadays. Everybody talks, yeah, be out of your comfort zone, be out of your comfort zone. So many people don't really understand what their comfort zone number one is mm. and how to step out of it as well. I'll share with you, for example, an anecdote and I'll ask you a question, the question. Uh, the, the reason why I decided to start the podcast was very similar to yours. I said, man, I'm having incredible conversations with friends of mine, all right? And it's like, I want to make this public. Like, I want to ask other people what they think, regardless of what their opinion is. And John Umuna, he used to be my boss uh, back when I used to work in the resident, the campus of the university that I studied here in Vancouver. And I said, okay, John, like, let's have the interview. It's going to be super amazing. Boom. Dude, 10 minutes before the interview, I was shaking. I was like, really? why am I doing this? Ah, uh, like I had already bought the, obviously a microphone, earphones, investment, you know, put in the time, make it public, as you said, like the accountability. And I said, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, wow. really, I could just be, I don't know, working out, whatever. I feel nervous. I don't want to do this. Dude, as soon as I turned the mic on, magic, magic. All the fears went away, away completely. So how do you constantly look for those opportunities in which you're like, hey, I think I'm a little bit too comfortable here. What could I do that sets that, that, that flame again? I think that like you just talking about, identifying, it, when, once you identify, you've won, right? So you, mm -hmm. you identified, oh my God, like I'm nervous for this situation. And I think that we need to start looking at that nervousness as a good thing, because if you realize and think about all the times you felt that nerve, it's usually from things that you were scared to do. And once you're scared to do something, you are, there's something on the other side of that that is beneficial. So mm -hmm. going back to 75 hard, I realized that doing difficult things was actually a good thing, was actually a benefit and that there was something good that came out of it mm -hmm. on the other side. And then it's becoming, you get addicted to that feeling. How can I seek out another thing that scares me? Bro, when I tell you 60 minute meditation scared the hell out of me, I was like, oh my God, someone meditates for 60 minutes. How could they possibly do that? And it was two weeks before I tried the challenge, but it was identifying, mm -hmm. oh my God, like this actually makes me nervous to sit down with myself for 60 minutes and what do you know it happens to be the greatest thing so i think identifying mm. when you are are nervous is huge but like i just like try difficult things like if you try mm -hmm. difficult things you're gonna get out of your comfort zone what's difficult okay is working out twice a day difficult for you is working out once a day difficult for you is sitting down for 20 minutes meditating difficult for you like mm -hmm. everything that we're talking about like 
for some people, it could be really difficult. And for others, it could not. But can you identify those things that you think are hard and then do them? And if yes, like lean into them. Go for it. You got Go this. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a really like a drug in a good way. It's like yes. the right kind of drug you should get. Yes. That it's just you'll never get tired of it. And it's the positive effect afterwards. Absolutely. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, Danny, how how do you support yourself with with your with your friends so let me rephrase that how do you balance the work in your passion all right mm -hmm. with your social time or entertainment and the reason why i ask this is because again in my soccer career i i, I was okay with training every day at every any time etc etc sometimes i would get tired whatever but i was okay with that and then eventually i would hit this wall that i didn't see coming because i was too focused in it How's your process around it? Do you feel sometimes that you need to reach out to friends, hang out, whatever? If you were to put in a percentage, uh, you know, how many, how much time you spend voluntarily in social activities to kind of like recharge your batteries, what would that be? Yeah, so it's a good question. I would say that right now I'm so all in on, so the question is like, social activities versus show, social media right like is that the question if i have it correct well let me let me let me rephrase it so i find sometimes that whenever i am too focused on one task regardless if it's my passion or not and if i love it sometimes i hit a wall because i haven't seen friends in a while or yeah I, again i burn out or something like that so sometimes i seek out to just be with friends even though i'm like i should be working right now i should be doing this i should be doing that i'm gonna force Recharge. myself to be with friends exactly yeah do you have you had that feeling and if you had how do you deal with it yeah i honestly haven't had that feeling um mm -hmm. i i just love what i do like honestly like and and so i love talking to people i love yeah. learning from friends on when i but the thing is it's like I'm texting people and I'm, I'm communicating and, and FaceTimes and phone calls with people. And yes. that is, that is one on one hand, like not, um, on one hand, it, it's completely like not recharging my batteries, but on the other hand, it is like, on the it other is, hand, yeah, you actually. know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a hard balance. And I, I just, I try not to beat myself up. Right. So like, if you if you feel like oh wow this is the work that i'm doing is like it's it's stressing me out like dude yeah. like 80 20 it you know like 80 percent of the cool. time work 20 percent of the time um you know like go with friends like i think that it's something that we all have to figure out for ourselves and mm -hmm. nothing that i i tell you could be the right thing of for course. you because we have different dna we have different uh just preferences for hanging out with people and introvert versus extrovert right so it's kind of how i think about it amazing dude that's a i think that's a great way to to close off the the episode um danny i mean like thank you so much for being here you have no idea how much this means to me i think we had a lot of fun the conversation was incredible yes and i think our listeners are going to have a blast is there anything else or like one final comment you would like to give just you're an incredible interviewer man like actually the peace and presence you have is something that i 
aspire to and that I, I've learned so much from in this conversation and you're natural at this. I don't know how many you've done, but you're really, really good. And I can't wait to watch you rise and watch episodes because you're, you're really doing an incredible job. Dude, thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And again, well, I hope we can continue communicating and, and everything because I'm also super open to receiving feedback just like just as you are as well. Love it. And and I, I've probably had like nine hours of, of recorded for the podcast. But again, it comes from the same seed as yours. Like I just enjoy it. Yeah. And I, and, and and I it hear comes you through. I hear Tim Ferriss. It's just... You know, it comes through. And, and that is, is something powerful. And you don't get to that point unless you try it, unless you lean into that feeling of like, should I really do this? I, what am I doing here talking to this person? And then go for it and then just watch what happens and feel the magic. And, you know, it won't happen to everyone, right? Like if starting a podcast isn't the answer to all your problems in life, yeah. but it's like for some people it might be. And so, mm-hmm. so it's like finding yourself. Are you willing to try things? Try more things. Like people are scared to try things because they're scared what other people are going to think. Just try everything. Mm-hmm. Try a million things with no expectation of anything happening. I said to myself, I'm going to th- record 100 podcasts. You know, if good things happen, great. If not, also great. I'll have had that under my belt. So, yeah, try more stuff is, is my final closing note. Love it, brother. Thank you so much, man. This is unbelievable.